Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. I'm Ben. As always, we are here with our super producer, Noel Convoy Brown, which I, I think I've used that name before. How about uh, Noel Propane and Propane Accessories Brown? <laughs> there we go. And most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, you are here. So uh, without further ado, we'd like to jump into the show. Scott, hey, uh, you know we've got a lot of truck drivers in the audience, right? Definitely. do. We've heard from, uh, from several over the years and uh, a lot about... Um, you know, systems like, uh, um, well, like advanced speed control systems that, sure. that maintain certain distances and about um, licensing. Uh, uh-huh. We've also talked about uh, road trains, things like that in Australia. You know, Which is fascinating. Enormous road trains in yeah. Australia. Um, but today we've got something a little different. Yeah, today we got a, uh, we, we've got a letter uh, recently from a listener named Rusty F. Rusty writes in to say, hey, guys, I'm a truck driver and use your podcast to help me pass the hours while out on the road. I've been driving for over 35 years and have seen a lot of changes over the years. One thing I didn't see that is upon us now in the trucking industry is the adoption of tractors powered by compressed natural gas. I drive for a company that was one of the first to equip its fleet with CNG tractors. United Parcel Service was going to put out 1,100 trucks on the road this year powered by natural gas. I have found out that there is compressed natural gas and liquefied natural gas. One operates at uh, 4,000 pounds per square inch, the other at around 150 pounds. I'd love to hear a story on these products. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. So, yeah, it is. Now, I've seen a few of these uh, these vehicles on the road, and do you have any kind of experience with uh, with CNG vehicles? I've got very limited experience, but I can, I can tell you what I do uh, or what I have seen. Uh, the only thing that I have done is, uh, you know, they used to have some city buses mm-hmm. that were CNG. Okay. And so I had uh, one of my buddies was working on the buses, and I got to check out some of the stuff. But, I, you know, I never drove one. No. Uh no one in a position of responsibility would let me drive a city bus. I just <laughs> no, I, played too much Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> I, I've never driven a CNG vehicle, but uh, I've seen a couple up close and kind of been able to examine them. Um, one one was just a, a very cursory, you know, experience with one um, camping in Killarney, Canada, 
long, long time ago, decades ago. And uh, one of the vehicles that they used to get kind of up and over the hill from, you know, like from one lake to the next. Yeah. Just a straight shot up a mountain and straight shot down a mountain. Uh, where we were carrying canoes, uh, there was a, a vehicle parked on one side that was a, a Jeep. It was a Jeep Wrangler, probably an early CJ7 model, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was compressed natural gas. And it was interesting. You know, it had these big tanks on the side and everything. And all we got to do was really look at it and uh, say, well, that's interesting. And get back <laughs> in the canoe and, and head on. Um, the next time I came across one personally mm-hmm. was my neighbor uh, very recently. He's uh, part of a, a local citizen's patrol unit that gets to drive actual police cars that say citizen patrol or something like that. You know, like wow. uh, citizen police. Um, that they kind of, you know, they're, they're helpers, I guess. Um, he's gone through the full program, you know, through the, uh, I'll tell you the city. It's not the city that I live in, but it's Sandy Springs. Okay. And he lives right next door to me, but somehow is affiliated with the Sandy Springs Police Department. <laughs> but he went through their ter- training program, and um, the Sandy Springs Police Department has these vehicles that they've converted to uh, compressed natural gas. And he was kind of showing me, he, was, he brought them home, and he's cleaning them up because these cars get really filthy. So he brought it home. And he was, you know, cleaning the trunk and the interior and everything and making it look really nice. And I noticed that it had these big tanks in the back, and I asked him about it. And, of course, you know, I brought my kid over with me, too, because here's a police car we can look around, right? Right, it has yeah. everything, the full light bar, the, you know, the, the badging the and everything. Line. It's everything. Um, so he was describing to me a little bit how it worked, and it didn't seem all that much different than a regular gasoline-powered vehicle. That was what struck me most about this thing, mm-hmm. is that it's very, very typical of anything you know, else you'd find on the road. Um, so they're not dramatically different. We'll tell you about the changes or the differences. Sure, yeah. But um, but it's it's pretty interesting topic, really. And mm-hmm. they're doing this with big trucks, and that's what um, Rusty's question was about, was, right. uh, was semi-trucks. Uh, but it kind of trickles down to medium-duty trucks and light-duty sure. trucks. garbage trucks. Oh, garbage, that's a very good one. School buses mm-hmm. use this a lot, and we'll tell you City why. buses, yeah. Yeah, we'll tell you why those. it's important that that type of vehicle uses them. Um, another one would be cement trucks. That's a good call Cement too. Mixers, yeah. So let's just jump into it uh, this way. What um, <laughs> what is what is compressed natural? What is compressed natural yeah. gas? Yeah, an alternative fuel. Right. It's an alternative fuel. Uh, it's there, we should differentiate because there's compressed natural gas and there's liquefied natural gas. Sure. Both of which are essentially methane. Yeah. M- or mostly methane, I'd say. CH four. Uh, sometimes included with this, uh, with the natural gas is propane, and that's where Noel's nickname comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, no, uh, well, propane is, it comes from the same wells as you would get natural gas from, but it's a different chemical, that's C3H8. And, um, so, so methane and propane are different, but again, same, same wells. Yeah, uh, the only thing that I'm pretty upset about with this is, uh, although I think that natural gas is a brilliant turn of phrase to make something seem cool, I wish they had gone with my suggestion, which was dinosaur farts. <laughs> That's really your suggestion. I, are you kidding? Would you? How many more people would be <laughs> would buy a car? They'd be like, "Oh, it runs on dinosaur farts." Just the kitsch value alone. It, absolutely, I think they would, and you know, kids would love it. Of course, they would prompt their parents to buy a minivan or something that runs on dinosaur farts. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of garbage truck companies predicate their decisions <laughs> on the whims of yeah. their children. Yeah, there are some con- uh, consumer vehicles that run on that, and we've got a, a list of a few of those that That's you can find on the road. But yeah, but that does come with a couple of stipulations, and that is that you know there there is some modifications required. We'll talk about vehicle modifications too, but just to get this out there right now. Um, if you use compressed natural gas, you have to use very thick, um, you know, reinforced steel tanks or uh, very thick aluminum tanks. We're talking like half-inch thick aluminum tanks that are then 
covered with shatterproof fiberglass. Yeah. Um, it, it's relatively easy to convert a vehicle. I mean, it will, we'll again tell you the parts that you need, but right. it, it does require this large volume of expanded, you know, gas to be compressed into a small area. And that's why you have to have these very heavy tanks because they have to hold in all that pressure. Ah, you're right. Thank you for reminding me, man. Uh, we can't go past that. So liquefied natural gas is just natural gas with an extra step. It's been cooled to a point that it is considered a cryogenic liquid. Okay, now this is the big problem with liquid natural gas. Now it requires less pressure. So you're not so, you know, this is compressed down to the point where it is a is a liquid. Yeah, and, and it's, it's cool, right, I shouldn't say that. It's cooled down to a point where it's become it's returned to liquid yeah, form. Yeah, it's a two it's twice as dense as the Plain old compressed natural gas, uh, but it's got to be stored in some specialized tanks. Yeah, and these tanks keep it at a negative 260 degrees Fahrenheit. That's how low you have to, to cool yeah. this thing. Yeah. You mentioned cryogenic. You have to you have to wear special gloves to handle it. Uh, you know when you're refueling, mm-hmm. um, it, it requires a bunch of extra equipment, and that takes up the space. So even though the tank can be smaller because it's not under as much pressure as as CNG would be, LNG requires all this extra cooling apparatus that goes right. along with it. Because imagine trying to keep your fuel down, uh, you know, down as cool as 260 degrees below zero Fahrenheit. Uh, that's got to be a ridiculous amount of equipment that you got to carry on board. If that was a small car or something, there's just no way. Um, you know, something on like a, a bigger truck, like a Class 8 truck or something, it's possible, um, but it's not all that practical. Yeah, The uh, here's another thing. One of the biggest issues with this kind of fuel at this point is the same thing that plagues a lot of other alternative energy sources, and that is infrastructure. Ah, yes. Okay, so here, okay, we're starting to get into the point where we're talking about some of the uh, benefits and disadvantages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, pros and cons. So you're saying that one of the disadvantages is infrastructure. Right, yeah. So for every, for every CNG, vehicle out there, you would need a network of CNG gas stations. Sure. Or, excuse me. I guess that's like saying ATM machine or VIN number. That's right. We'll let it pass. All right. Just this once, though. Keep me keep me on my toes. Uh, but, you know, you'd need CNG stations or you'd need LNG stations. Uh, the interesting thing here is, although it sounds like LNG would be the more difficult uh, station to build, right? Mm-hmm. Uh the actual cost of it heavily favors uh, liquefied natural gas. Really? Okay, that's interesting that you say that because I have recently looked up a map of the United States with all of the um, listed alternative fuel stations here on the map. And I can show you this map. I'll just I'll kind of hold it over here. Yeah. It doesn't do much for our listeners, but Whoa. I'm showing you the map. Now, these uh, are- I'll describe it. It is uh, super dense on the uh, eastern side. Mm-hmm. The, the vast majority, I would say more than... Two-thirds of the stations are located uh, there on the eastern uh, eastern side of the states. Uh, there's some higher density out around uh, the Pacific coast, but between the two, it's no man's it's land. It's a long way in between, isn't it? Now, that doesn't tell the whole story, though, because this this map, and I could, I could sort this map, and this was the one that you were just describing is all... All fuels. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's uh, all, I guess I should say all alternate fuels, so alternates to gasoline and diesel. And that includes things like um, biodiesel and CNG, electric, ethanol, hydrogen, LNG, mm-hmm. and propane. So that's everything combined that you're looking at there. Now, when I further sorted this down to um, compressed natural gas, 
Here's what I found. Look at the top map here. Compressed natural gas. Ah. Now, oh, I should say this. The number of um, alternate alternative fuel stations, 17,415. That's why you're saying it was very densely packed in here. This yeah, is, yeah. And, you know, this is on one page of paper, but 17,415 <laughs> dots were what you were looking at. On this one, when I when I worked it down to compressed natural gas, mm-hmm. 850 stations that's nationwide. Not, see, that's not going to work. Now, the map. I mean, it does look like you could make a cross-country trip, of course. Sure, if you you were careful and stayed to the south. Yeah, stayed to the south, because in the north, there's just nothing, right? Now, I further reduced that down to the liquefied natural gas, the one we were just talking about that requires the cryogenic temperatures. Yeah, 76 stations in all of the lower 48 here in the United States. And looking at that map, you would have to very, very carefully plan your map, or your your route, rather, across the United States. And, uh, you know, sure, that may work for some trucking companies. Uh, but it's not going to work for everyone, and it's not going to work in uh, consumer vehicles because people go everywhere. It's not like you're going to be restricted right. to staying in one one region. And it's very rare that you can buy a car and say, "I know for sure I'm not going to go outside of this uh, this area here in New Mexico, uh, where I know that there are four stations nearby." Mm-hmm. It's really not all that common for someone to be able to buy a vehicle and say that. You know, like this is my uh, around town car, and that's it. Well, let's talk about some pros, okay? Because I, I think I agree with you. That's one of the biggest cons. No, sure. And there's more cons. We'll get to them. But let's talk about a, a long list of pros. You're right. Without trying to sound like we're selling it, because we're not. <laughs> right, because we're not selling it. But uh, here's one of the things that would definitely persuade me if I were the owner of a trucking company. Okay. Uh, LNG uh, and CNG tend to be less hard on an engine than gasoline really there's uh uh less of less corrosion less wearing of the parts okay well, i'm going to take just a second to say one uh, one thing on the opposite side of that all though, right is that if you are driving a diesel vehicle there are lubricating properties within diesel fuel that are not contained within these natural gases The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios walkways and gardens with the home depot's mother's day savings event happening now get vigoro potting soil just $8.97 for strong healthy vibrant plants indoors and outside start your mother's day shopping and saving today by checking out the home depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options see homedepot.com slash delivery for details the home depot how doers get more done Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. 
Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. And that's one factor you have to take into consideration. I think they uh, there, there are ways around that with some of these biofuel vehicles, but mm-hmm. uh, which... Again, we haven't even talked about that yet either. So, so getting back to that, though, you're right. That probably would be one reason to uh, to sway it is because engine life is extended. Yeah, engine life can be extended. Either way you look at it, that's that's a pretty good advantage. However, uh, that's not necessarily the story entirely. Right? No. It, well, well, you know what? When you say it's extended, we should explain why. Because it doesn't react with the metals the way that the fuels would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so things like, you know, not only the engine components themselves, the metal components, but also things like the exhaust system uh, mm-hmm. doesn't have quite the uh, the uh, corrosion uh, from within as it would with a normal gasoline engine or with a diesel engine. Um, it's it's uh, it's reduced when you're using natural gases. Um, and, you know, other things we need to consider here, Ben, are uh, maybe cost. Uh, cost yeah. is way way lower right now um, versus diesel or gasoline, and and, and that's not always going to be the case. I understand no. that this this is always in flux. Right, uh, but in the last ten years or so of um, um, of oil production, of you know the way that we've uh, used fracking and and some alternate methods of drilling, mm-hmm. uh, we've been able to, uh, well, quite frankly, to uh, mine or to bring up a lot more oil than we have in the past, a lot of more right. petroleum, right, which brings prices down. But that same drilling technology has also uh, been a way to increase our production of natural gas as well. So. Um, with with more natural gas available, there's a drop in the price of natural gas, obviously, because, you know, mm-hmm. the supply and, and uh, demand. So it makes perfect sense why the cost would be down, but it's it's significantly lower than diesel fuels right now and a lot lower than gasoline as well. Um, we're talking like maybe half the price. Right, right, which leads us to uh, the, the question that we were talking about, the idea of using natural gas, um, whether liquefied or compressed, to fuel Large commercial trucks. I I just want to walk us through some of the context here. Sure. Is that cool? Yes. All right. So China has been, at least in the terms of liquefied natural gas, China has been leading the charge with over a hundred thousand uh liquid natural liquefied natural gas vehicles on the road as of September Interesting. 2014. Liqu- liquefied is what they're using. Liquefied, so the cryogenic stuff. The yeah. Dangerous stuff. The dangerous well, stuff. Well, I don't know if I should say that. Probably not dangerous, but uh dangerous in handling. Well, this stuff is moving uh, quickly to become, uh, you know, potentially a mainstream fuel for trucking. Sure. 
And, you know, even here in the States, I don't know how it is over in China, as you mentioned, but sure. um, when you're talking about natural gas pipelines and, you know, systems that, that feed uh, these these different stations all around town. So, you know, in urban and suburban areas, um, often many of the, the densely populated areas have a, a pretty decent network of stations that you can get compressed natural gas, um, you know. And I, I said, what was that number? Was it 850, I think, stations across the U.S.? Mm, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a reasonable amount of stations. That's not a lot, but it's a reasonable amount. And when you get into centers like right here in Atlanta, there's several places just outside of town or even within town that you can get uh, compressed natural gas, and that's because they have a, a pipeline that, that allows that. Right. Yeah, and other places like Dillon Transport, Raven Transport, Lowe's, UPS, and more here in the States are converting to a natural, parts of their fleet to natural gas. I think with uh, UPS, they have 16,000 tractor trucks in the fleet, and they put, they made 1,200 of them uh, natural gas power. Hmm. So that's not quite 10% of its fleet. I see. And, you know, these conversions, if, if they are converting the vehicles, if they're not, you know, that way from the factory, they can be kind of expensive, I think. Right. Now, the cost of a, a retrofit, if you're going to retrofit a vehicle instead of, of having it come right from the factory, yeah. um, the ballpark, here, just to give you an idea of this. So for a light or medium-duty pickup truck even, not a UPS truck, so something in between this, um, about 5000 to anywhere up to $11,000 to convert your pickup truck to something like this. Wow. And if you're going to go for, you know, the full deal class eight truck, which is, uh, you know, like a, I think that's a big semi type. Right. Truck, the cost is around 30000 to $40,000. So per gets, vehicle? Per vehicle. So it gets really expensive. And then you got to figure, is it worth it to save, you know, two bucks a gallon on fuel if you put this $40,000 device onto your vehicle or this, this, uh, retrofit, uh, system on your vehicle? Right. How long does it take you to gain back that forty thousand dollars? You know, it's it, and we're talking about a fleet of vehicles typically, mm-hmm. not just one vehicle. And then you have to remember that you also probably have to operate on what they call a hub and spoke arrangement. So when we talked about early on, we talked about you know um, school buses and yeah. city buses and cement mixers and vehicles like that, right? Yeah. That uh, we those operate on a hub and spoke operation. That they all come back to one central location. Every night. Mm-hmm. So they fuel up and they head out on the road and they, uh, you know, do whatever they have to do, deliveries or whatever, and they return to that central hub location where they can be refueled overnight or, you know, during a shift change and then back out on the road again. Well, the difference between, like, you know, some of these big major companies that, that run, uh, that have semi tractors that are out on the road that are constantly all, you know, crisscrossing the United States, it's not the same way. They're going to rely on finding, you know, the locations that have compressed natural gas or liquefied natural gas. Mm-hmm. And, and that's tougher because you have to plan your routes accordingly to be able to access those. And then I saw something else, Ben. This is another little complication of this whole thing. Um, fuel times for these things. You know, how long it takes to refuel a compressed natural gas vehicle. Yeah. It takes between, and this is, uh, there's a variation of this, so, so hang in there. It can take between five and eight hours if you leave it overnight to to fill or completely fill a compressed natural gas vehicle. Now I know that seems like a long time, mm-hmm. and there's a version of this that's just as fast as you know filling a regular fuel tank. But if you want to do a a complete fill, what they call like a a, a more complete fill, I guess it, it takes between five and eight hours, and it's a less expensive option to do it that way. If you do a fast fill, which again happens just about as fast as it takes to fill like a diesel fuel tank or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, different process, but um, it it 
it, it doesn't quite give you the pressurization that you would get from a long fill. And I guess it's less expensive because uh, of the convenience of doing it that way. Right, yeah. There are pros and cons, and those are some good points. But it seems that despite the newness, despite the various pros and cons, uh, companies, at least in the U.S., are giving this a go. And I am sure that part of that would be a calculation of the stability of a domestic natural gas supply versus uh, something something that is imported uh or maybe, you know, not counting Canada. And well, absolutely. Canada. And, you know, we, we talk about our, our dependency on foreign oil and things like that. Well, this is something that is, uh, is mined uh, right here domestically and is available in abundance right now. So it's kind of the thing to do. I mean, but, but right now they, they say that we have a 100-year supply of natural gas here in the United States. And I know that across the world, you know, there are places mm-hmm. that have similar supplies. And so this, yeah. is a, this is a very real possibility and, and the modern – types of mining that I'm talking about, the different types, the, the fracking and the horizontal drilling techniques, all that stuff just helps us, uh, you know, grab more of the stuff out of the earth and, and allows it to be used. So I, I know that uh, worldwide, this stuff, I think, is going to begin to be used uh, much more frequently. Right. Yes. Here's an interesting number. In 2011, the uh, the largest national fleet of natural gas vehicles was 2.86 million. Do you know who it was? Who? And it's a tough one to guess. No, I, I don't know if I could even guess. Iran. Really? Yes, because uh, for a long time, the Iranian government has been uh, trying to decrease their society's dependence on gasoline. You are absolutely right. I never would have guessed Iran. I mean, it's not the first thing you think of when you think of natural gas-powered vehicles, right? No, for sure. Uh, but this uh, these different solutions have been around in, in other countries for a while. The Across the globe, people are looking into this as a viable alternative to typical, you know, petrol, black gold. Well, sure, yeah, and, and there's variations of this, too. Now, we should mention some of the uh, – there's a couple of things I want to hit before we end this podcast. Sure. And, and one was uh, the different types of CNG vehicles, what it takes to uh, convert a vehicle to, uh, to run oh, a yeah, CNG. Oh, yeah, call, yeah. Because there's maybe like six or seven items that you need to include. And then a few consumer vehicles that are out there that you can purchase right now if, if this is the thing that you want, if something mm-hmm. uh, that, you, that you feel like you want to do. Um, so let's start with the types of CNG vehicles. There's the bi-fuel vehicles, which is uh, CNG plus gasoline. So, um, again, two separate fueling systems on board, and you kind of switch in between the two of them. Uh, mm-hmm, makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Then there's also dedicated vehicles, which are CNG only. Also makes sense. And then there's something they call the dual fuel vehicles. And you might think, well, what's the difference between a dual fuel vehicle and a bi-fuel vehicle? Right. Well, the dual fuel vehicles are CNG plus diesel. And that runs on a blend of diesel and natural gas. So it's not like two separate systems. This is one system working together. Mm-hmm. So it's both together. And uh, again, that goes back to... Uh, the part that I mentioned where, um, you know, the natural gas doesn't have the, the same lubricating properties as does the, uh, the diesel fuel. So, uh, working together, they actually make that work out, work out quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, so also we want to mention some of the conversion components. You know, how can you convert your vehicle to, to work on CNG? And we said, you know, some of the prices, it gets a little expensive. Sure. If you want to do this per vehicle, anywhere from, well, 5000 to $40,000, depending on your, the type of vehicle you have. Right. Um, but there's a few different components that you need to add to a vehicle or change around to make this thing, this whole thing work. First, you need a, uh, a compressed natural gas storage tank, of course, because mm-hmm. uh, that's different than your normal fuel tank. 
You need a fill receptacle, which, again, of course, you can't pump it out like you would normal gas. It requires something similar to the way if you've ever had a propane tank filled. It's something similar to that. Mm-hmm. Not exactly, but similar. Uh, you also need uh, special fuel filters because this is a different type of fuel. You need a pressure regulator. You need a, um, because, again, high pressures that we're talking about, the extreme high pressures. Um, then you also need a compressed natural gas fuel feed system, which is different than it would be for gasoline or diesel. Sure. A dash-mounted fuel selector, which, you know, you can switch between the two, you know, if you want to go back and forth between them. And then the last item on the list, Ben, would be the electronic control module because, again, it's not gasoline, so you have to right. control this differently. Yes, yeah, and that that's something that can be uh, – that's something that can contribute to a fairly serious hit on the wallet at your initial cost, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yes. And for everyone who – Everyone who says, but I'll save so much money, Scott and Ben, when the, like the week I get this done, uh, I don't know. There's another thing you have to watch out for because, uh, the Clean Air Act, uh, restricts people, has some rules against modifying fuel systems without certification. Mm-hmm. So if you do this yourself and you get pinched, it is possible that you would get five thousand dollars in fines. Oh my gosh! So it's got to be a certified system at some right. It's got to be somehow a licensed, certified compressed natural gas installer. Um, and and well, once you do that, though, it reduces greenhouse gases. Sure. And it also reduces tailpipe emissions. Now, greenhouse gases was a surprisingly low number because uh, you are taking some compressed natural gas and and then uh, run it through the system, and what right. you get out isn't that much cleaner than what you would get running gasoline or diesel through the engine. Surprisingly. The, the percentages were something like 25 to 35% lower, um, you know, in greenhouse gas emissions. Now, the tailpipe emissions were significantly lower, uh-huh. something like 95% reduction in tailpipe emissions. So that's uh, pretty good. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. You fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Yeah, it definitely does. It definitely does make a difference. And then also, you know, if you're playing the long game and you're concerned about finding the least expensive fossil fuel, then just with mining techniques and locations of stuff, natural gas seems that seems like it's going to be abundant and cheap for longer than that sweet, sweet crude, you know? <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. It seems like uh seems like we're on the uh still on the upsweep of this whole thing. Right. Um now I mentioned that we were going to talk about just a few yes. consumer vehicles and really what I'm going to do is just laundry list these because I think if you look into them you'll find um you know, you'll you'll decide for yourself if this is right for you or not. Now, right. I, I mentioned that you know that the initial cost is a little bit more for a vehicle like this because it's fitted at the factory with different equipment. So you know, instead of having just a fuel tank, it's going to have a fuel tank plus uh, the system that allows you to switch over to CNG, and that includes a couple of big tanks that are going to reside in the trunk or, as you said, the bed of the pickup truck. Right. It's going to uh, occupy some of the uh, cargo area, but uh, there is a Honda Civic that, that runs on natural gas. And I believe they have uh, been selling that since about 1998. Um, and uh, I think Honda Civic's natural gas is available at Honda dealerships in 38 different states. So if you're worried about uh, you know where you're going to fill this thing up, you can go right to the Honda dealership and pick up the fuel. Now, I don't know what the cost of fuel is going to be at the dealership, but I can <laughs> imagine you're probably going to pay a premium for that. Uh, there's also the Chevy Silverado 2500 and the GMC Sierra 2500, uh, both heavy-duty pickup trucks. Uh-huh. And um, let's see, another one would be the Dodge Ram 2500 CNG, right there in the name, so you know mm-hmm. that's the CNG vehicle. Mm-hmm. There's a Ford F-250 and a Ford F-350 that run on CNG, and there's also GM cargo vans that run on CNG. So you've got options out there. They're typically bigger vehicles outside sure. of the Honda Civic. Right. Um, I know there are others out there as well, but these are the ones that we typically see on the road. And these are also vehicles that, you know, run on both. I mean, you can, you can run, um, you know, CNG, you can also run gasoline or diesel as the case may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, at least it's out there. It's something that's available. It's an option for somebody who's looking for an alternative fuel. Yeah. And I'd like to, I'd like to hear what you think because, I imagine the calculation for just an individual car owner versus, you know, whoever is in charge of fleet-wide purchases. Uh, I imagine those calculations are going to be uh, going to be vastly different. You well, know? yeah, this is going to require a spreadsheet in any way. I mean, even <laughs> if, even if you're doing this with with your own personal vehicle, it's kind of similar to buying like a hybrid vehicle. You have to do the the whole uh, you know cost benefit analysis. You know, is this worth it for me to pay more up front? Uh, for this vehicle, and we're talking about you know a significant amount up front, like maybe sure. twenty five hundred extra dollars for the really? Honda Civic. Up front. Yeah, and that was a couple of years ago. It might be even more now. I don't know. 
But um, $2,500 more up front for this, you know, just so that you have the chance to fill it up sometimes with CNG, knowing that, well, well, I guess we didn't even say this, but knowing that, you know, it requires, I think it's five and a half pounds or something like that of natural gas to give you the equivalent of gasoline, you know, the same amount of yeah. energy. Um, not that that really comes into play when you're talking about dollars because it's less to fill up with that. So, again, it, it becomes this uh, this calculation, this formula that you have to uh, mm-hmm. to work out for yourself and decide if it's worth it for you. Yeah, and just to just to end on some other things in case we we didn't mention them. Let's see, we mentioned home refueling being expensive. Uh, we I don't know if we mentioned driving range, but that always comes up. Oh right. yeah, it's a little bit less for a CNG vehicle, right? Right, and uh, this... Uh, but the combined systems can get significantly more. Right, which is why people are going with that combined stuff. Yeah, you know, well, you know that, just, uh, just I know I'm yeah. interrupting yeah, yeah. again, but, um, you know, the uh, the Chevy Silverado that we mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, the bi-fuel version of that vehicle gets some, it has something like a 650-mile range, which is really good, uh, but, you know, the, the compressed natural gas part of that is less than if you were carrying the same amount of gasoline or diesel. Right, which makes you wonder how... You know what the what the what the selling point is. What's well, the value add? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. the same thing with hybrid vehicles. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's same fair. argument. So, but here, oh, here's another pro. Okay, good. Okay, because I wanted to end on some pros. Okay, all right. Uh, you can use the HOV lane in some places. <laughs> well, you know what? That's pretty good in cities like Atlanta. You know where it's uh, it's always crowded. The HOV lane is typically unoccupied. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's motorcycles true. maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got a couple more uh, pros, if you like. We can just list a few of these. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so interrupt me if you have to. The, okay. We've mentioned cost. We've mentioned uh, domestically produced and abundant. Uh, there's a growing infrastructure. So this thing is, uh, you know, as we talked about, some of these uh, expanding locations around, particularly in metro areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one thing. Environmentally friendly, we mentioned that. Reduced maintenance, you also mentioned that. We didn't talk about safety. You know, you'd think that carrying oh, around yeah. this compressed natural gas would be super dangerous. It would be really uh, a hazard. Well, it's contained within those tanks, and if there ever is a leak, the good thing about this is, unlike gasoline or diesel fuel that, that um, you know, has fumes and pools, you know, below right, the vehicle. Right, if, if, and is uh, flammable. Flammable, right. of course, and if it, the tank ruptures. Of course, this is flammable, too, but if the tank is pierced in any way, this almost automatically disperses itself in yeah, the atmosphere. Yeah, So there's much less of a chance of a of a fire in a vehicle with a C with a CNG system than there is in a vehicle that carries gasoline or diesel if a tank is ruptured. Uh, you know, I'm glad you made that point because it's it's true that there is a uh, that this might seem counterintuitive to some people, but you have a better chance of your car not exploding. Well, it's similar to the hydrogen argument. You know, yeah. that, uh, people say, "Well, my gosh, I'm carrying around hydrogen fuel. How how dangerous is that?" But then when you realize that if there is a leak. Uh, the dispersal of that uh, that material is so fast and so dramatic, and and it just goes yeah. right into the atmosphere. Uh, that the the uh, potential for a flare up from that is very very minimal. And with all that, uh, it looks like unfortunately we have to head out for today. Yeah, huh? I feel like at the end there we were just just cramming everything. We I know, I know, we didn't get everything we needed to. But uh, Rusty, we appreciate the letter. Uh, one thing we can say, uh, not just to you, Rusty, but to everyone listening. Um, Rusty and I were talking over email about. If this is just a fad, a passing thing, or if it's a new trend that will continue, and uh, Rusty, on further consideration, uh, I think I think it I think you're right, man. I think it's clearly a trend that's going to continue at least in the commercial sphere because we see that natural gas has been used 
in countries around the world for like uh, there was some version of it in Thailand for 15 years uh, with the taxi cabs and stuff. And it works so well in those hub and spoke operations right now right. that once we get the infrastructure in place, it's going to be completely possible for the over the road uh, other companies, you know, the ones that don't have a hub right. and spoke operation yeah. for them to implement it as well. Yeah, and uh, I think we're going to see this continuing to grow, at least in the commercial sphere, if not in like the individual consumer sphere. Uh, and with that, we're headed out. Um, we don't drive any natural gas cars, I think. I don't uh, know anybody in the office that has one. Well, see, it goes back to, man, I'm telling you, if they would listen to me for the marketing, we could have that dinosaur fart Honda Civic out there on the road right now. Everybody would be driving one. You're not giving that up, are you? I'm I'm biting in like a moray eel. I'm just gonna <laughs> lock my jaw on that one. Uh, no, I'll, I'll hopefully you know I'll, I'll hopefully forget about it by next week. But uh, maybe I'll write a letter to Honda. <laughs> right? I'm sure that they take those kind of suggestions. Yeah, I'm sure like, that will get prompt attention. Yeah, I I imagine so. Uh, so guys, go ahead and check us out on Facebook and Twitter for more information. Uh, check out our podcast on CarStuffShow.com. If you haven't listened yet, I specifically recommend the one about uh, the money you do or don't save driving a hybrid versus, uh, you know, a standard car. Uh, that was a little bit of a... Uh, a little bit of a bubble burster for some people. It was. It was a little math intensive on our part too, and uh, but it was it was a fun topic, and I think uh, a lot of people got the message. It's something people need to know, uh, and of course that's not the same thing as compressed natural gas, but there is a similarity to that situation. Very much so. Uh, and if you want to take a page from Rusty's book and write to us uh, directly with some suggestions, all our best ideas come from our listeners. So go ahead and send us an email. We are Car Stuff at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. If you haven't heard, it's a good idea to fit probiotics into your daily routine. Fortunately, Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls make that so easy. These adorable little pearls couldn't be easier to take, and they support both digestive and vaginal health, all because of the probiotics. There are actually 1 billion active cultures protecting against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort, all in one tiny little pearl. To learn more about Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls and how they can fit into your routine, visit naturesway.com. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.